Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecallendershow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. One of the more disturbing parts of uh, war, I guess, for people who are non-combatants, people like us who are on the other side of the world, and um, I mentioned this the other day, that I have seen a lot of uh, images and videos over the course of the last 20 years And you can't get those images and videos. You can't get them out of your brain. And so uh, for people who don't handle that very well, I would definitely not recommend you do so. But if you can, I think you should. Because the imagery conveys the brutality of what you're up against. And if you don't know that, if you don't understand what it is because I don't know and I haven't seen any videos or imagery and I like I don't know if I would want to not I know I don't want to I don't know if I would every one of the every time I come across a video or an image that um, is from the Israeli attack I I contemplate whether I should open it and whether I should pursue it, whether I should look at it. Is this something that I need to see? Sometimes I don't. But I feel like I have to in order to convey what it is that's on the video. Because if you don't have to see it and you're just willing to trust me, then I feel like I should see it to convey it to you. Um. And when you have initial reports from a war zone and the initial reports are eyewitness, because that's there's a there's a certain, um, I don't know, pattern or flow to information. When the attack first happened, now Israel is like seven hours ahead of us. So when the attack first happened, um, if you are some kind of a reporter or journalist, and you're trying to get information, you're actually more likely to get a hold of somebody that, like, at the scene. If you're nearby or you know somebody that's there and you call them, chances are pretty likely you may be able to get a hold of somebody really fast because they're in the middle of this uh, traumatic event and cops aren't there, the military's not there, they're scared. They're they're just looking for any kind of a lifeline. And then, if they're not murdered or kidnapped, right, they get taken to a hospital. Now you can't access them. You can't get to them. And then they're going through the, you know, dealing with the trauma, physically, psychologically. So a lot of people are now offline, and you can't you can't get to them. You can get to some. You're seeing right now. This is the next kind of step. You're seeing a lot of people. Uh, the family members who are telling stories about family members that reached out to them, that they talked to, that 
are now dead or missing uh, or family members of people who are in the hospital and they can't speak for themselves, right? Um, you get government officials as well. And if you are an Israeli government official, if you are employed or, you know, conscripted into the Israeli defense forces, which as I understand it is the militant wing of the Israeli government. Is that, I think that's how that works. Like that's, well, that's what they call Hamas. It's like the militant wing of Hamas. It's like not even Hamas. No, it's a separate thing. Same name. Sure, sure. Same name. And they're, you know, Hamas's headquarters uh, are, you know, filled with lots of munitions and stuff. And they're built inside hospitals or in the basement of a hospital so they don't get bombed and all of that. But, you know, it's a militant wing. It's totally separate. So the IDF, if you are employed by the IDF or you work for the Israeli government, or you work for a media outlet and you have a Jewish last name, I assume, or uh, you work in Israel, even though you're not Jewish. Like Any of these reasons become reasons why nothing you say should be believed. If you have reached out and gotten an eyewitness report, as we had, one of the first reports, this is how we knew on the first day that Hamas was raping women. Even before the video came out of the woman being taken out of the back of the Jeep and she has blood all over her pants. And then that became sort of confirmation of what? Of the original story. And what was the original story? It came from a survivor, a woman who was able to get out of the concert, who said that women were being raped next to their next to the dead bodies of their friends. That was an eyewitness account. And you could say that that's not, quote, substantiated or corroborated, right? But that is an eyewitness account, and my friends, that is evidence. And as much as people don't want to acknowledge it, they want to look away, or they want to play this game of, well, I really can't trust anybody right now. I'm just being skeptical. Go watch some videos then. I have a friend who I've been discussing this with, and he said this very thing to me, that he's more skeptical, and then I think he actually gave me an InfoWars link, and it's funny, like all of the stuff, it's all very libertarian, capital L, which is why I'm not a capital L libertarian. This remind this experience, once again, reminds me of why capital L libertarians are doomed to the desert. You guys are never going to be a legitimate party because of this kind of response. You talk to like true libertarians and they, they say we should not have gotten into World War II. That's the real libertarian position on that, right? So, you look at evidence as it's coming in, but then you can't trust anything that maybe an Israeli soldier saw when he went into that house. And he came out and he told the reporter what he saw in the house. No, can't confirm that because that was just one guy who saw it and then told the reporter. This, of course, is about the beheadings of the babies. I don't want to get too graphic. But it is possible here that maybe they just had their heads blown apart by the bullets. That's possible. The types of weaponry that was used in the attacks and that was recovered, and I've seen those videos too. I've watched some of the videos of the attacks, of the murders, of the stabbings. They filmed themselves. They videoed themselves. They uploaded them. And more of this stuff is going to be coming. In fact, 
Israel has told its population, take uh, take your kids' smartphones and delete the various apps like Instagram and TikTok and all that because the videos are going to start coming out. And when they start coming out, you're not going to be able to keep your kid from seeing it if it's going viral or something on TikTok. And then when I say go watch the videos, I'll be uh, I'm accused of in, uh, of in, uh, engaging or or searching out war porn. It's almost like you can't win, right? It's almost like you can't win. It's there's always this fallback position. That blames you. It can't be that the woman who survived the attack is telling a reporter what happened, that they were raping these women right next to dead bodies. You can't that that can't possibly be true. And maybe your mind can't fathom that depravity. Maybe you can't. And that's why I say go watch the videos so then you can understand that these things did occur. And not all these people are lying. It's not all some grand conspiracy. Before you go out onto social media and tell people that they're spreading things that aren't substantiated, because that's that's now what's going on here with the with the the beheadings story. And people want to attribute it. And so now you've got another level of propaganda coming in where you've got the Islamists coming in, the pro-Palestinian people. They're coming in. All right. More on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, the Heritage Life Skills event was fantastic. Every year, Bill and Jan Sturett organized the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything. The Sturettes own Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies, because being prepared is just smart. The Heritage Life Skills event brings educators and vendors from all over to help people do just that. I was honored to be able to be a small part of it. And whether you're an experienced prepper, have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? The anti-Israelis or the anti-Semites, the anti-Jewish people, whatever. they got these people coming in, and they're now trying to undermine the story because they know it makes them look bad. They know that they can't defend that to the global community. Because as screwed up as the rest of the world and we in America are, like that's a pretty clear piece of evidence that you are evil. That one right there, that yeah, that's it. That's it. So the, even they know that this one might be a bit much. Yeah, not sure. Heavy.com, which by the way, if you don't ever go there, heavy.com is a good website in the uh, immediate aftermath of Terrible events. They give. They usually try to get you like what's called a, a five things to know or whatever, and they and and they'll have pretty good information. Again, this is the beginning of a war. The fog of war applies. Right, information is now being weaponized, trying to undermine, get narratives, get propaganda going. I understand all of that, which is why I look for the individual accounts from people on the ground. I try to find those. I try to find the direct evidence. Try to find the videos. And so this story is now trying to be, quote, debunked by pro-Palestinian people and, quote, self-described skeptics. Right? So we'll go over it in a minute. 
WBT Talktoberfest at 7 o'clock on the Facebook page, WBT's Facebook page. You head on over there, 7 o'clock. About five minutes prior, the, the feed will start, and then at 7 o'clock, all the guys will jump on, and you can ask them anything. It is part of the WBT Talktoberfest every Monday and Wednesday all month long, presented by Dry Otter Waterproofing. All right, so um, there's a guy on Twitter. His name is Mohammed Shahada, Chief Communications for Euromed HR, Gazan, and a writer and analyst, a columnist for at JD Forward. Anyway, oh gosh, he writes for Al Jazeera and for Vice. Oh, there you go. Um, so he is uh, a bit. He, well, I'll just tell you. He, I'll just show you. He says. Uh, on the rape allegation, so he's a denier on this too, the LA Times retracts and concludes such reports have not been substantiated. This guy's a writer, but he's a Gazan, so I suspect he might have a bit of a bias, right? That's the standard that we are supposed to employ because that's the standard employed against Jews and Israel. So here we go. Um, the LA Times posted a um, column. The day after the attacks, so on October 9th, it looks like, and it was by Jonah Goldberg, formerly of National Review. Now he's over at is it Bulwark or something. Dispatch, the Dispatch. And um, he wrote a, a column. I haven't read it, but he said something in there about it mentioned the rapes that occurred during the Hamas attack. And the L.A. Times put a quote for the record. It says, for the record, an earlier version of this column mentioned rape in the attacks, but such reports have not been substantiated. All right, so a columnist wrote a, wrote a column, an opinion piece, and cited the eyewitness accounts, but the L.A. Times has not substantiated it. So the L.A. Times took it out, probably because of a great deal of backlash as well. Um, from guys like Mohammed Shahada. And he then cites this for the record and the deletion of the rapes from the column. He says that it retracts the allegations of rape and concludes reports have not been substantiated. An unproven rape allegation can only cause pain to the families of detained Israelis and fan the flames for flattening Gaza. And killing. So you see what he's doing. This was, again, this was the day after the attacks, before Israel began their counteroffensive. He's trying to do what? He's trying to tamp it down. No, 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 that didn't happen. No, oh, no, you're just fanning the flames and more Gazans are going to get killed. So that's what he's trying to do is to de-escalate by denying, by denying the barbarity and denying the account of the woman who got out of the rock concert or the the trance music concert, whatever it's electronic music festival. Same thing he does with the baby story. This is all he does. So he has now become a reliable source for deniers of any kind of information that might cause whatever narrative they prefer to get disrupted. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. 
Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Thanks a lot for hanging out with me. I know these are uh, these are heavy days, heavy topics, very difficult to talk about and to hear and to to process. Um, but it is really, really important. I you know I think a lot of us have enjoyed a peace unprecedented, you know, and um, in historical terms. I am aware, yes, war is raging, Iraq war, Afghanistan. I, I, I totally understand all of that, but my fear is things are going to get a lot worse. A lot worse. Uh, and as my friend Colonel Kurt Slichter would say, buy guns, buy ammo. Um, because considering what has occurred down on our southern border for the last, uh, well, 20 years almost, God only knows, especially in the last four, God only knows how many people we've allowed into the country with similar uh, ideas and, and plans. So, and I don't say that to frighten you. I say that so you be you could be prepared, have situational awareness, you know? Um, I'm a big believer in being prepared. Even though I was never a Boy Scout. Very weird. Um, I mean, I'm not calling the Boy Scouts weird. I'm just saying it's, it's weird that I believe in preparation, but not having the the Boy Scout background. Okay, anyway. So, uh, this uh, Gaza apologist, Mohammed Shahada, he's getting a lot of uh, a lot of Twitter traction, and he's getting it from all sorts of, uh, of quarters. Uh, I mean, obviously, he gets it from the jihadists, and he gets it from the uh, Palestinian apologists, and he gets it from uh, the, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement leadership and a lot of the activists involved in that, which has, by the way, always been anti-Semitic. Those of us who have been watching and listening to them have told you this for years and whatever. Uh, academia, a lot of people over in uh, the academy uh, now kind of realizing, oh, my gosh, all this anti-Semitism, where did it come from? Like, mm, yeah, you've been kind of swimming in it for a while now. Um, but one of the things that w- one of the stories over the last uh, 24, 48 hours, I guess, 48 hours, uh, that has emerged is this story that came out of a uh, kibbutz, which is uh, like a little farming commune kind of thing. And, and it's, uh, it, I mean, it looks just like kind of a neighborhood. Um, it's got, I mean, it's surrounded by fencing. It's got a, a motorized gate. So when you pull up to it, uh, you got to wait for, and it's a, I mean, it's a big gate. It's got, you know, spikes on the top. It's got the fencing across it. It's got the metal bars and stuff. It's a heavy-duty gate. And uh, and at one of them, for example, I watched uh, a video because they got cameras all over the place. And uh, the the Hamas terrorists could not gain access <clears throat> into a particular kibbutz, and so they they hid on the sides. And when a car rolled up. They waited for the gate to open. Once they put the code in, they hit the button or whatever, 
they jumped out and they just sprayed the vehicle, killed everybody in the car. And then as the gate opens, the car, you know, rolls through and comes to a, a point and crashes. And that's when the, the terrorists go in and begin murdering people in that particular commune. Um, there was a story that came from I-24 News. Israel has a, there's a news station in Israel called I-24. And the journalist doing the reporting is a journalist by the name of Nicole Zedek. And she was with Israeli Defense Forces when they started doing the searches and the clearing of one of these kibbutzes called Kafar Azah. And she was the one who first reported, based on the information given to her by one of the soldiers, she said, quote, about 40 babies and young children have been taken out on gurneys so far. All right, so words matter. She says 40 babies and children, young children. So it's not just babies, babies and young children. She says soldiers told me they believe 40 babies slash children were killed. The exact death toll is still unknown as the military continues to go house to house and find more Israeli casualties. Her reporting was based on interviews with commanders and soldiers at the scene and videos and photos have not emerged so far. Which, by the way, won't matter to the deniers like Mohammed Shahada. He doesn't care because it's going to come from the Israelis. Any video of the interior, any video of that carnage would have to come from the soldiers who gain access and then clear out the bodies, right? The rescuers and the, 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 the body teams and stuff. But because they're Jews, Muhammad Shahad is not going not to believe them. Instead, instead, he will promote on his social media page that has now been, he's got, uh, he's got 279,000 views. And the tweet that came, that, that he cites at this point, or at the point that he, uh, this was a day ago, it had 2 million views. So he says, Israel's own army is now denying reports of beheading babies, while mainstream media is widely circulating these unsubstantiated allegations, exclamation point. Meanwhile, Israel killed 260 children and babies in Gaza and 230 women in four days without a single condemnation from the, quote, civilized world. Right? So you see what he's doing. He's dismissing the deaths of all of the children because he doesn't he doesn't talk about that there's babies and children that were murdered. He's not talking about that. He's focusing on the beheading of the babies, just that narrow part of it in an attempt to impeach the larger story. Right. That's the first thing he's doing. He links up, though, to, and he does a screenshot of a uh, tweet from, uh, what is this, the Anadolu Agency. Anadolu Agency. What is that? Well, they, well so first off, they, they put out a tweet that says, Israeli army tells Anadolu that they have no information confirming allegations that Hamas beheaded babies. That's what Mohammed takes and plasters all over the place in order to say that it didn't happen. That's what he's saying. So I go to the original source material. 
that's what you should always do. Do you know what the Anadolu Agency is? This is the Turkish media. Not exactly big fans of Israel. They say United States media outlets widely circulate information claiming resistance fighters. Resistance fighters? Which is the what now? Murdered 40 babies in Kafarza. However, the facts say otherwise. I got to tell you, reading this article, it comes across very Baghdad Bobby. It really does. Remember Baghdad Bob? There's this, there's, and there's this, there's a cultural thing. I have noticed over the 20 years that we've been embroiled in the Middle East, uh, that uh, a lot of leaders in the Middle East, they, they speak in these wildly exaggerative and hyperbolic ways. Have you noticed this? I mean, just like over the top kind of stuff. It's kind of silly. And they're dead serious when they say it. So in reading the article, and maybe Turkey doesn't have the same, sorry, Turkey, maybe they don't have the same kinds of uh, journalistic standards that we have here in America. But, uh, oh, that was weird. Um, here's Here's what they say. This is their debunking. Ready? Israelis have no information regarding, quote, Hamas beheading babies. An IOF spokesperson told Anadolu Agency, following widely circulated fake news on the matter. The information went viral in Western media outlets and by officials who sought to defame the Palestinian resistance by reporting on unverified information provided by, quote, Israelis, I-24 TV correspondent. The correspondent in question is Nicole Zedek. She was attached to a unit of the IOF. And I keep seeing this term, IOF, IOF. What, what is IOF? Do you know what IOF is? It's not, it's not Operation Iraqi Freedom. That was OIF. IOF, Israeli Occupation Forces. That's what they refer to the Israeli Defense Forces as, the IOF, occupiers. And every reference in the story to is the Israelis is IOF and every reference to the Palestinians is the resistance, the Palestinian resistance, Palestinian resistance fighters, Israeli occupation forces. But you know what is never included in their oh-so-fantastically journalized story? A quote. They have no quote. They have no name. There isn't anybody they cite. There's nobody in there that you can actually look at to say, wait, who is this person? They said what? They just say Israelis have no information regarding Hamas beheading babies, an IOF spokesperson told us. Number one, is it possible they just don't want to tell you (laughs) because you're the Anadolu agency? Maybe. Maybe they don't talk to you. But who was the spokesperson? And And them not being able to confirm your question doesn't mean it's not true. It might mean that they have no confirmation of it yet at that level. The reporter that was on the ground with the soldiers that saw it, who told her, she would, and they would. They would be able to tell you that. But they're Jews, so you can't really trust them, right? Okay. Hey, on Saturday, I'm going to be in Gastonia, and I'm uh, going to be walking. going to be walking the streets. Well, it's it's for a good cause. It's to raise money for the Alzheimer's Association, Western Carolina chapter. Uh, it's part of uh, national uh, events uh, where we're you know trying to raise money for 
funds for care, uh, for support and research programs of the Alzheimer's Association. So I'm going to do a walk, uh, and I'm actually going to be, uh, uh, I think I'm like co-MC, not the rapper, co-MC. Uh, I'll be up there in Gastonia, Charlotte, and in Kannapolis. But this weekend, Saturday, uh, if you want details, go to thepetecalendarshow.com. i got a button up there for you to subscribe or to uh, uh, to donate but also just to join the team, to walk, if you want to make your own team. If you just want to make a donation, too, you can go to ALZ.org. But you can get there through my page, too. Um, so I appreciate anybody willing to come out and walk or come out and help, make a donation. Uh, trying to raise a bunch of money. would love to be able uh, to meet you, but also to have you be a part of, uh, of the effort. Um, so what we are seeing out of... Uh, well, let me say it this way. There, I mean, what we're seeing, obviously, these are atrocities. And there is an effort underway by Hamas apologists, for whatever reason. I'm not trying, I, like, I, I don't, at this point, like, I don't care. I, I don't give a flying fig newton about why you've adopted the position you've adopted. Doesn't matter to me. Could be laziness. Could be you're a monster. Like, I don't, it, it doesn't matter. Okay? When there are eyewitness reports of things that have occurred and your response is to say, you, I'm not sure if I could trust that there's an ulterior motive. And then, and then you present to me evidence that comes from the Turkish news outlet that doesn't even have a direct quote. Like I know you're not serious here. The I 24 news reporter, Nicole Zedek, her initial report came from the soldiers who came out of that uh, kibbutz and had said there were about 40 babies and young children. And they were the ones who said some of them had been decapitated. They did not say how, not that it matters. There are photos that are circulating of cribs and babies, beds and stuff, car seats covered in blood. But I'm sure the baby made it out just fine. Don't worry. See, it's different if you just shoot them versus some other method, I guess. Right? There, I do find it interesting that the Gazan guy is, uh, is saying that this is defamatory. Really? Have you seen ISIS? Not sure that's defamatory. But no, because they know that in the PR war, this matters to the West. doesn't matter to them so much. It matters to us. So they now have to distance themselves from this act of barbarism. They may have overplayed their hands a bit here. Her reporting was based on interviews with commanders and soldiers at the scene and videos and photos that have not emerged so far, according to Heavy.com. So the lack of video, the lack of photo evidence, that means to the apologist, the Hamas apologist, that means it didn't happen. It's not a true story. If video or photos do emerge... Well, that's proof that they're fake. This is the game. You can't win the game because this is, it's like, it's any argument with conspiracy theorists. That's why it sounds familiar. It's because it is. Except this, it's beyond motivated reasoning, right? This is for a purpose. This is gaslighting. This is to make you doubt what you are seeing, to doubt your own knowledge, and then doubt your own sanity. So I can't trust what I'm actually seeing. I don't know if this is true or not. David Ben Zion, 
Deputy Commandee of Unit 71 that was at that kibbutz said they cut heads of children, cut heads of women. But you can't trust him because he's part of the Israeli army, right? And he wouldn't lie, or he would lie, and he's lying about all of that. See what I mean? If they're with, if they're Jewish, you can't trust them, no matter what they say. That's the standard. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.